Hi, everybody, and welcome to All This in the Oscars 2, awardsdaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I run the website awardsdaily.com. I'm here with the editors. That is Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey there. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> we have just gotten a huge awards dump. Um, that's uh, Critics' Choice and the Golden Globes announced on the same day. And, you know, even though we know that, like, there's going to be changes coming with the Guild Awards and stuff, there's going to be shifts when the SAGs announce. There, it did feel like, to me anyway, like there was a little bit of a sort of a consensus hold that, that emerged from these two. And it was it was like great in some ways, and and to me it was a little bit disappointing in some ways. But I guess we can just start with that. We can start with how do you guys think that these these two awards impacted the Oscars, and what do we think about you know the Golden Globes vis a vis their their troubles and having no show, and how much do you think um, how much influence do you think they'll have this year? One thing I found really interesting <clears throat> with respect to the Golden Globes is traditionally after every Golden Globe announcement, we start. You know, we get inundated with publicist emails um, from, you know, quotes from the oh nominated God, talent. Yes. And we didn't get anything this year. No, not, not one. And I, I even noticed talent on uh, Twitter who were, who were nominated, you know, people like uh, Ariana DeBose or Rachel Siegler, or, you know, just a random assortment of other people who were not in West Side Story. Um, and they did not directly reference the Golden Globes. They, Rachel Ziegler posted something like, I'm feeling golden this morning, and then showed some pictures of her in a yellow dress. And then Ariana DeBose said, it was a fantastic morning, you know, just vaguely referencing it. But they did not thank the Hollywood Foreign Press directly by name. I don't know if anybody did. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. I did, to, admittedly, I did not do a scientific search of all the nominees on Twitter. But, um, you know, <laughs> that would, that would traditionally, if that, yeah, that would have been difficult. But if that had been the case, we would have gotten those emails from publicists. We just didn't get anything. So I don't know how much what that means. I mean, I feel like it's an industry holding its breath. I think I think so, too. I mean, I, it's very much like the blacklist, really. It's just that they don't want to be in the place of taking a position so that they'll get called out, like they're protecting themselves, um, especially right now. They're just so worried about... But as usual with this whole thing, for me, what it comes down to is it punishes yet again the wrong people. The whole point of having these dumb awards is so that people can get a boost in their careers and it can change their lives and they can win awards. Rachel Ziegler has every right to celebrate that nomination every right to take out ads, every right to campaign hard with that nomination. And you know what? Screw everybody else. Like, who cares what the publicists think? I don't. Not that I don't like them. Thank you. You guys are all very nice. You're listening. <laughs> but just that, you know, don't be cowards. You know, stand proud of what she did. I, I mean, I get where they're coming from. I know that they're just sort of waiting. But you owe it to your clients, man, to push their movies. You know, she has a chance of getting an Oscar nomination, which would change her life, you know? So why are you holding back? Well, why does she have to serve the agenda of Mark Ruffalo? You know, it's like, uh, no, especially considering the fact that it's probably going to look like, you know, they're going to struggle to even have any women of color nominated for Best Actress this year. So what's the point of all this, you know, to make people look good? All right, that's the end of my speech. <laughs> but I didn't even notice that. a good that. speech. 
thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't notice that we didn't get those, but you're so right. We didn't get any thank yous. That's, that's really, that's rough, man. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Did yeah we, it's really bizarre. We didn't get any in the Critics' Choice either, though, did we? No. No, I don't think we did. I mean, I saw... But I, I don't know that we traditionally do. It's usually Globe, SAG, and Oscar. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That panting in the background is my dog. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like my neighbor or anything like that. He's just <laughs> hanging out in here for some reason. And he's panting. So uh, apologies. Um, it's like uh, Noah's Ark in this, this apartment. Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm just sort of skipping along and, and pretending that, that that isn't the case and that they're, that, that they're not irrelevant this year and that they are going to mean something to some of these people that got nominated, you know? Um, I, I know everybody feels really awkward and nobody knows what to say and nobody knows how to address it. But, you know, what, what can you say is that there's nothing particularly ethical about the Oscars. There never has been. There never will be. We're not giving out humanitarian awards or Pulitzer Prizes. These are film awards based on publicity and money and power in Hollywood, you know? That's true of the Oscars, it's true of the Globes, it's true of the Critics' Choice, it's it's true of the HCAs, it's true of, you know, no disrespect, Mark. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's true of any group. Like, these, these, they all operate from the same basic ideas. And I know that people have problems with the Globes, and they're going to go through every group, you know, and and turn them inside out and make sure that they are... uh, you know, keeping up with whatever. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the same factors, access and money. You know, it, it if an award can really make or break a career, then studios and publicists are going to be involved in trying to cajole those people like they do with everybody, like they do with us, like they do with people at Telluride, like they do with the Critics' Choice with all that swag. You know, it's the same thing. The reason they don't like the Globes is because the Globes became too kind of mad with power, I think. And they, and they became too punitive and too selective. And, you know, they didn't give people a fair shot at access. And I think that's really what pissed off the publicists, you know. But they're still here to serve their clients. And these, these are still artists who create work that are getting awarded for that work, you know. And they have every right to hold their head high and feel good about getting these nominations. Um... That's what I think. Yeah. You know, I, I know there won't be an awards show to kind of add spotlight to some of these folks and give them their moment, but I still think the list of nominations will matter. And at least in the sense, you know, we've talked about before how, um, you know, these Academy members have a lot of screeners. This is the first year I've <laughs> experienced having a lot of screeners. I never got screeners before. Yeah. So it is overwhelming. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It, uh-huh. it, there's so much to see and it's, it's, you know, you're not going to see everything and it's going to be about prioritizing what you do see. And I think that the Critics' Choice list and the Golden Globes list, if nothing else, will help those that have a lot of screeners prioritize what they need to see, right? I had, I had Drive My Car screener a few weeks ago and I just never got around to it. If I had that screener now, it'd be the first thing I watched because of all the mentions it's getting. But right? you, did you watch mm-hmm. it or no? No, I, I ended up not having enough time and then it expired. So, oh, shit. you know, 
Right. So that's that's what I'm saying, though. There's, you know, at the very least, something like the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice, it it puts the spotlight on there. All these critics lists, if people are paying attention and, you know, I'm going to after that talk we had with Damien Chazelle back in 2018 after First Man, I I think there's a lot of people that, that vote that do pay attention to these lists. And I think, you know, because they don't know what to start with. And so they, you know, they might go by a director, they might go by the cast, they might go by the subject matter. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to go with the one that just got 14 nominations by whatever group just announced, right? Mm-hmm. So at the very least, I think it, it, it still will help, you know, films like Passing, um, you know, with Ruth Nega getting nominated and whatnot. So I think there's still some good behind it and that'll be useful. Yeah, I mean, the, ideally you have that as your the Golden Globes or something where you um, you 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 get the nomination, then it goes on a bunch of FYC ads, and then you um, you sh- you have the ceremony, and the ceremony is really where they get all of their uh, their publicity bump, you know. But but what I I found this to be useful for me anyway. You know, and not even in a really good way, particularly because, you know, I really wanted Jennifer Hudson to get in there. But I do find when people have to the Globes are the only group heading in that they 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 limit it to five and the Critics' Choice doesn't. So in a way, the Critics' Choice gives us like six or seven or whatever (laughs) it is. And it's like that's you know, that's that's, you know, it doesn't help us in terms of predicting what 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 people are going to be like for me. I felt like. It showed me that that there were a couple of names that were much more um, cross, you know, platform support that I didn't think of, like Alana Haim. Yeah, what I what I tend to look for is what's the overlap, right? Where where is consensus growing around, right? So, um, you know, there were nine movies that were nominated for Best Picture by both Critics' Choice and Golden Globes, right? So that. I think at least that helps shape where we're at in the race. Those nine have to be um, out front. That's Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Dune, Coda, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Don't Look Up, right? And those those nine, because of the overlap by not only Critics' Choice and Golden Globes, but those films are getting pretty good love from other various critics groups, NBR, New York, whatever. So I think that's... At the very least, I guess what I'm looking for right now is where where does consensus build? Because the Academy's six thousand members or so, right? And I know they use the preferential ballot, so the PGA is what we, you know, oftentimes look for the closest for the best picture race, at least. But you have to imagine if all these critics from North Texas and Phoenix and Boston and Detroit, if they're if they're all aligning around one or two actors per category. I think that helps, you know, give us an idea of what the Academy will do. Even if they're not, you know, members, there's still that consensus. Yeah, except for I, I think I see them a little bit differently because they, yeah. um, I mean, if you spend time with Academy members on Facebook or whatever, I know a few of them. And, you know, I, I go by like Joe Morgenstern's um, reviews. He's sort of in the Academy demographic. Film critics tend to be younger they tend to be plugged into film Twitter. They tend to be, you know, have a platform that they want to broadcast their own tastes to. Whereas Academy voters don't. They vote in secret, in private. Nobody knows who they're voting for. 
They really are just going on their preferences. And they still have an agenda that film critics don't have, and that's keeping Hollywood alive and thriving. <laughs> critics don't care. Like, they can give a movie uh, their prize to drive my car because it's the best movie. But Oscar voters, despite Parasite's win, are going to be loath to do something like that because this is their industry, you know, and they want to support their industry. Yeah, and I and I don't disagree. But what I would say maybe is drive my car winning these major prizes from these critics groups does that point us in the direction of who you know we've had a we've had a lone international director the last couple of years does that guide us maybe these big prizes maybe doesn't show up in best picture but does that put the director maybe more more in the race for director maybe but i i think i would go a little bit yeah maybe I mean, I'm not going to say no because I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Um, <laughs> no, but about just, that. Right now, right now, nobody's right. We just it's the just lone process, <laughs> the right? lone director yep. slot or whatever they call it. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry. I, I just going to say I, I I did see Drive My Car and I, I liked it. Um, it's not oh, really no. a director's movie so much as a screenwriter's movie, okay. I think. But that means that it could it could sneak into a screenplay nomination. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I should put yeah. it down on the contender tracker. Is it original yeah. screenplay? Um, no, I it's think it's yeah, something. based on yeah, based yeah. on a short story. I think. Yeah, I think you're right, Ryan. You don't sound very enthusiastic. Did you like it? Did you love it? I liked it a lot. It's very talky. I was I watched it really late at night, and I was already kind of sleepy. I, I had I, I, I it was over two nights that I watched it because I. I got so sleepy, I had to stop. Had to put it on pause and watch it the second night. It's just it's a lot of. It's a lot of right. It's a, it's a lot of talking in a car, and it's a, and it's um, that's okay though. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of great insights, and there's more to it than just than just being in the car and talking. There there's a lot of unexpected um drama that goes on that I wasn't. I, it's not it's not at all the kind of movie I expected it to be. It's mm. a, it's got a lot of um. Sexing and betrayal and intrigue and stuff going on. Oh, in, neat. In it too. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of fun. I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. But but, but that is was it a is it part of it? Kind of like a play where you're just sort of listening to people talk and the actions unfolding. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not. It's it's uh, it's just really um, neorealist. This is really it's just really a slice of life kind of thing. It's not it's not theatrical at all, and it's not it's not even especially. Um, flamboyantly cinematic but it's it's really like it's like you're part of these people's lives for a little while it's not it's not like a play though at all i guess there's a, it's a there's just too much um variety in scenery and, and circumstance for it to be stage like it's not stagey at all no hmm. but the screenplay is really good the screenplay is really surprisingly deep and profound by the if you like stick with it Oh, that's good. Do you think it it's do you think it's worthy of these awards? Like, do you think it's better than everything else this year? Uh, it might it might make my top twelve um, so far. <laughs> what I've seen so far this year. I mean, that's good though. I mean, I'm, that's not a, it's not a criticism at all. Um, I, I can't see it getting a best picture nomination. No, but I, but screenplay for sure. But yeah. it's not a top five for you. No, no, no. Better I just, than I, um, Power I like of the Dog. A lot of movies this year that probably. 
I'm so excited this year to see movies that are big and splashy that even if some of them are like sort of went off the rails or a misfire or, or kind of blew up in the wrong way, I still like them because they're just, it's just so much fun for me to see movies like that again after the low key movies that we had last year that were really kind of all small scale, low budget kind of right. films because so many studios were holding on to their big guns last year. Right. Right. So even a movie like, like um, house of Gucci, I probably is in my top five right now, even though it's like, in some ways it's, it was like a disaster. It was a glorious disaster for me. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like a fireworks show. You see fireworks, and if I, if they go off correctly, it's like wow, that's really beautiful. But if they explode and blow up, that's still something. I mean, that's still exciting. And it's like Gucci House of Gucci was like a fireworks show that just blew up, just exploded on the on the launch pad for me. <laughs> but I still loved it. I just really, really enjoyed it a lot. And so that's good. I, I got to say, it's one of my and another movie that's much better movie, but also had a big impact on me. I think is like as uh, Nightmare Alley. I feel the same way about. It's just so wildly big and and expansive and epic in so many ways. I mean, it's just everything that I want in a big movie. Mm, that's great to hear. I'm sure that they would love for you to write something about it, you know? I'm if really you're... into Nightmare Alley. It's probably in my top three, maybe, definitely top five, maybe even top three. Yeah, I think I liked it better as I thought about it, you know? Like, it, when I first walked out of it, I was like, Aah. But I, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, you know, that was kind of interesting. That was intriguing the way that they did it. And honestly, finding out more about the writer himself, the original author right? of yeah, the book, right? you know, fascinates and that, me. Yeah. And you mentioned that, that his ex-wife ended up marrying uh, um, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. About that or something. You know, that's what the movie Shadowlands was about. She's she's Deborah Winger. That's Deborah Winger character in Shadowlands. But he but the guy's not in it, is he? The other guy? Uh, no, uh, C.S. Lewis is though. Anthony Hopkins plays C.S. Lewis. Right, but the other guy's not in that. Right? Oh no, I don't. No, he's no, he's not. He doesn't figure into it. But I mean, that's just another tangent. You know what I mean? My tangents. It's like you were talking about the the wife going on to even a a, a more distinguished writer. And that's what Shadowlands was all about. And that was, yeah. I guess, uh, probably one of the first years that you had Oscar watch was when Shadowlands was in the race. Yeah, I remember it. Um, but it, as I recall, that guy, like, from the biography of him, she, like, I think she, like, got into Christianity and she was somehow associating with C.S. Lewis because of that. It had to do with religion at first. And then oh, they, did it? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember that very well. I don't remember the movie actually very well, but I, of course I know that that's what C.S. Lewis was really into Christianity and, and religion and everything. So that's what drew, drew her to. So that's a strange to go from one type of writer to a completely different type of writer. And in fact, C.S. Lewis, you know, the Gresham, the the author had two children, had two sons, I believe, with that with Deborah with the Deborah Winger character, and C.S. Lewis ended up adopting both of his sons. Wow, so that's strange too. What a weird life he had, that poor uh, guy. Though. Oh, what isn't it? I mean, it's just incredibly strange. Really fascinating. Um, I think if he had gotten a better, like, sort of shot in life. He would have uh, gone on to write, I think, great, great novels. Like I think, I mean, obviously, his experiences, you know, informed his writing to become what he did become. But it, but his life was just destroyed. I mean, he had a horrible, horrible uh -huh. life. He ended up killing himself in his fifties or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had um, health problems and also alcoholism problem. I just saw and, that uh, when you. Yeah, I thought that the, I thought that I had said before when we talked about it two weeks ago that I thought that um, Del Toro was going to go back to the original novel and be more faithful to the novel and and do things in the novel that they couldn't get away with in 1946 because they had to soften a little bit. But in fact, Del Toro, he, the the ending of the. And without ruining it too much, well, I don't, I don't think it will ruin it. It's just a lot more. The movie is a lot more extremely um, horrific and violent than the book, than even the novel was. The novel doesn't go to such extremes at the end. Hmm. Wow. So they really amped up the the horrific um, uh, blood and gore at the end of the of the movie that wasn't really in the novel at all, which I thought was terrific. I mean, I loved what they did with it. Yeah, I just felt like they, the only part, the part where it started to lose me was when Kate Blanche, well, have you seen it, Mark? Oh, you've seen it. I know Clarence yeah, has I, seen I, it. I saw it. Yeah. And what'd you think? I loved the first part. I thought the ending was well done and in the middle it just dragged for me. That was the which part? The... Once they leave, well, I don't want to spoil anything. So yeah, exactly. The second phase of the movie. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to put that. Um, right. I don't want to, don't right. want to spoil. So. No, that's okay. You know, I, it was a kind of a longish movie, isn't it? Like two and a half hours yeah, long? It, felt, it long. felt to me almost like a, a three-part miniseries. And each part was like 45 minutes long. And it is divided into like three phases, right? Like, uh, like you're talking about, Mark. The second phase is definitely like a it's a whole new chapter and and setting and everything correct is that what you meant yeah and the, then, when Kate yeah. when Kate Blanchett appears basically and I right. love Kate Blanchett in it but that uh-huh. that segment of the film took a while to get going for me mm. but I thought I mean you know fantastically fantastic job with like production design and you know, direction, everything, everything was pretty about it. And the performances were all great. I just, somewhere in the middle there kind of dragged. You know, anyone who's curious at all, if you're, if you're anxious to see, uh, can't wait to see the, Mm -hmm. the new one, it's not going to spoil the new one for you at all. Or not, not to a great extent to see, to watch at least the first 75 percent of the of the original so you don't want maybe you don't want to know how it ends but you you could watch the original and this really has incredible production design too i think they had like something like 100 different sets which was a big deal back in 1946 you know when it was made you know thing that i I didn't realize until i was reading up on it you know the director of the original um 1946 edmund goulding he directed um grand hotel the 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 movie, mm. the Oscar movie, is yeah. famous for only being nominated for one Oscar for Best Picture, and it won Best Picture. <laughs> I love all that old weird Oscar. Shit. I know. And um. the thing about him is, he won. He was, um, let's see, four of his movies that he directed were nominated for Best Picture, but he was never nominated for Best Director. So that's sad for him. That's so weird. Um, really, Mark, did you have yeah. Nightmare Alley on your Best Picture when you read it out? I couldn't remember. I do. I have it eighth. Nightmare Alley is the only one. So, there, like I mentioned, there's nine movies that got both critics and Golden Globes for Best Picture. Right. Night, Nightmare Alley is the one I'm putting in that wasn't one of those nine. Right. Because it, did it, make, it, it did make the AFIS list. And though. the yeah. National yeah. Board of Review. Yeah. Yeah. I think Guillermo yeah. is so well loved that I think it's 
and he's so well connected, man. That guy, I swear, he is. And I, I think yeah. he, you know, he got, I think he got the directing Oscar nomination for um, what's his name last year, Thomas Vinterberg, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just on Guillermo del Toro's recommendation. I think it, that's how much power he has in the industry. So I, I think that, and also. I, I don't, you know, it has, it is one of the best movies of the year. I mean, it is, right? So it has to be mm-hmm. included. Um, so do we think that there's a lone, I don't, I'm not 100% on Tick, Tick, Boom getting in myself. Um, I know that a lot of people really like it. If it gets in somewhere like SAG or, I just feel like they're going to, I don't know that they're going to do three Netflix movies. Yeah. And I don't think that I think that they may also think that there's so many musicals this year that there's other musicals that are like, well, it's, it doesn't like as I really like Tick Tick Boom a lot, but I, it doesn't doesn't I don't think it can stand up at all to West Side Story, for example. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But then what's the second best if if there was, you know, like you mentioned, this year had lots of musicals. So what would be the second musical to get in if they, you know, it, may, it would almost make uh, sense for there to be two. So that's true. Yeah, that is true because it used know. to be. I mean, and not uncommon at all, even in the 1960s, especially for two for two musicals to be nominated when there were only five nominees. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. A, to me, Tick Tick Boom is definitely a number one movie. Like it's definitely one that I think yeah. people will really identify with, especially actors. And it could die. I mean, I think it's possible it has a better chance than Don't Look Up even, you know. But I, I don't know. I go back and forth on it because I, 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 I liked it. I didn't really I didn't really connect with it the way that a lot of people have. But I've seen how it really affects people. And um, I know this guy on Facebook who's a producer um, doesn't like anything. And he just went on and on <laughs> about this movie, how much he loved it. And I was like, okay, well, now I've got to pay attention to it because he's your typical Academy type, you know. I think it, it will. I think I, I like movies that are about the creative process, and I, this was a really good example of that. To answer your question real quickly, though, Mark, maybe Cyrano would be the yeah, other. Cyrano, yeah, Cyrano. I agree. Cyrano's, yeah. Cyrano's the one that feels like it could, if there's going to be a second musical that uh, takes Tick Tick Boom out, that would yeah. probably be the most likely. I think I lean, and I guess you could say the same thing about Dinklage, but I think I have Tick Tick Boom. Uh, in there because of Andrew Garfield. And I think, Sasha, you've mentioned several times how the best picture race is often driven by a lead actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he seems he seems like a safer, safe bet in the lead actor race. I hate saying safe because yeah. there's nothing that seems safe right now. But he, um, he does, though. I feel like he. he yeah. But he does. that leaves out some other people, you know, so it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a tough one. I think right. he, it's between him and. Another person for I mean, there's three potentials. I, I think it could be between him and Dinklage. Yeah, or him and, him and um, uh, Bradley Cooper or Javier Bardem. Like those are the two that I think of getting in. Yeah. It just depends on how much they're going to like being the Ricardos. I mean, it's getting mixed reviews. You know, um, it's a tough one. That one. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get it. For me, it was one of the nice surprises to see uh, Ricardo show up with the Golden Globes, right? Yeah, it didn't get in picture, though. But it, it, um, yeah, I don't think it got in picture at the Critics' Choice either. No, Cyrano was the, so the nine that I mentioned, and then I think it was Cyrano with the Globes and Nightmare Alley with Critics. Right. And and the other nine I mentioned got both. So did, did, I, I need to do like a little chart and see. 
how that usually winds up. I know that, um, I know that, that, that I did a big chart of, of comparing all the titles up to now, you know, with you, if you do AFI, NBR, and mm-hmm. um, Critics' Choice, and Globes, you know, if you yeah. get four, if, if a movie has all four of those, it's really hard not to get in for Best Picture. It happens, though. I mean, movies yeah. like Inside Lewin Davis and um, Mary Poppins, and it does happen that, that you can't, you know. Um, but I, I still think, like, this year it's possible that... But, you know, then again, you guys, sorry to just be so disjointed in what I'm saying here, but they aren't voting until the end of January. We're very much used to the old way, which is... The voting happens between Christmas and New Year's. That's usually how it's been since 2003. But it's not that way this year. It wasn't that way last year. So we are going to have bake time, which means that between New Year's and the end of January, people are going to be discussing movies, you know, and and the buzz is going to change on some of these because their full story isn't even told yet. Like, for instance, West Side Story bombing at the box office in a crushing, horrible, depressing defeat with $10 million. Is it going to hang around like House of Gucci did and start to tick up? House of Gucci's in the $40 $40 million range it's made so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Are any of these movies going to, you know, is a movie like the new Spider-Man going to light the box office on fire and be so good that people feel like, you know what, we've got to honor that movie? I know it seems crazy, believe me, but a lot can happen between now and then, and, and we don't know how the buzz is going to change. Um, I mean, think of how that would transform the Oscars overnight if they picked a movie like that. I, and I do too think that West Side. Let's wait until after the after Christmas to see how West Side Story looks box office wise. I think it's going to big be a big Christmas movie for families who are finally getting up the nerve to go out as a family and soon see a movie. It's like going to be one of the only adult grown up um, family movies that take it in theaters, right? I think it's going to do well around yeah, Christmas but time. The thing is, is, is we are we are accustomed to right now being the heat of the season. Like we're usually in the Oscar season right now, two weeks before voting is the prime time, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and you can feel us all being very conditioned around that idea, but we do have a month now. Maybe that'll mean something. Maybe it won't. I don't know, but it is worth considering that a whole month can make a difference. I know it can because I remember when the Oscars were in March, you know, remember how different things were. Um, controversies can rise, you know, um, people can feel that a movie's overpraised. Remember with American Hustle, how it changed from being the greatest thing ever to like, why did anybody nominate this movie? Remember how the buzz changed on that? So it's like stuff like that can happen. So, I mean, I, I think we have to remember that. And some movies, some movies, yes, some movies, no, like, a movie like Being the Ricardos was a, a sort of a phenomenon because when I saw it, you know, everybody came out of that screening thinking it was like the greatest movie ever. And then, Mark, you were like the first brick in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, I was. Wait, I, everybody didn't... else I'd heard loved it. I know. And you were the like, first uh, brick in the wall. <laughs> and then yeah, it all sorry. came toppling down from there. <laughs> I, me and my damn influence over those things. No, it's true. But I mean, when I saw it the second time at the academy, I could definitely feel the difference in it. Um, 
with that audience versus the audience I saw it with. And it really does make a difference, you know, with the people sitting around you. If they don't laugh at the jokes, for instance, you know, that's different. But the one I, the first one I saw it with, they got every single joke and they were just humming along and having a great time. The second one, they didn't really, you know, and I was sitting with Michael and Michael didn't like it because, because of that, you know. Don't you think that's expectations, though? Because I think most of the people that went into being the Ricardos, they, that initial screening was expecting a disaster. Maybe. Because there's been yeah. so much negative buzz over that trailer. Uh, and when it mm. wasn't a disaster, they were pleasantly surprised and they, they went along for the ride. But then you get a, an Academy screening where they, you've got people who are now conditioned to think of it as quality film. Right. And so it's it's all about expectations that way. Totally. It's so true. Um, but I'm not ready to totally close the door on it yet myself, just because of the actors involved. I mean, Don't Look Up, you know, is the same kind of thing where it's, you know, all of these really famous people and it's getting killed with reviews. Like, Being the Ricardos has better audience and critic reviews than Don't Look Up. Um, Don't Look Up is one that could start to falter as the year as the month turns, you know, it could be one that people start talking about like, Oh, like that's the kind of movie that really does need the flush of the season, you know, to just be whisked in. So people aren't thinking about it too much (laughs) talking Mm. about it on Twitter, you know, like eventually that's going to start to, but at the end of the day, we're still left with my friend, Bill Levin sent me a chart today about the globe screenplay stat. Do you know, know about that? Which is that, yeah, what he says, and now I don't know if this is right. I haven't, I didn't look at the chart and I haven't checked it out, but he said that in the time of the expanded ballot, no movie has ever won Best Picture without screenplay at the Globes. Yeah, the, the last one was uh, Million Dollar Baby. Wow. That's the last, that's the last film to win Best Picture mm. without a Globe screenplay. So that takes West Side Story out of it and it makes it back to the Telluride movies of. Um, Belfast, Power of the Dog, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, Belfast and Power of the Dog are the only films to get the trifecta from um, the Globes, right? Was that what it was? Yeah, Globes. And you can uh-huh. you can definitely get out of having missed the director nomination. Like if you're Green Book, you missed director, and you, but you didn't miss screenplay. Oh, Green Book got in for screenplay there. I mean, he might have gotten him for director. I don't remember, but um, but but in the era of the ballot, the screenplay matters more than the the directing. Even uh, for some reason, it just does. So, then we're back to our two movies. <laughs> Such a bummer, man! I thought it was going to be a three-way race. That's that's well, I think it is still. But that's that's the two that I still have up front is Belfast and then Power of the Dog, and then West Side Story. I think still has as good a shot as those two. I think those three are the the gold tier, if you will, and then you have things like Licorice Pizza, maybe, and King Richard, Dune, bringing up that silver tier. Yeah, King but, Richard. But those, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, King Richard, I think, is a lock for best actor still. Like, I don't feel like, yeah, let's go through the acting categories. Um, so it looks to me like it's it's Will Smith's to lose even still. And if it's not his, it's going to be Cumberbatch. Yeah, Cumberbatch looks like he's coming on strong, but yeah, I think Smith Smith is more of an Oscar winner, and Cumberbatch is more of like the critics type winner. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it's it's just going to be a weird thing. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I feel the buzz for Cumberbatch at the moment, but yeah, I just yeah, feel like, possible. It's just because he's so good in that, and and if they love Power of the Dog, they're going to want to give it a major award. I mean, it'll get director, but it might also get actor. It just depends. Like, God, I'm just. I'm flash forwarding to Oscar night and I'm seeing Benedict Cumberbatch get up on stage. Like you just never yeah. know how these things are going to go. Um, hey, but, so to come, come back to your chart, cause I also keep a chart hmm. of what's been nominated. Cause I think it's an interesting way to look at how it's unfolding. Only one movie has been nominated for golden globe picture director, screenplay critics choice, picture director, screenplay received an NBR pick nomination and made the AFI top 10 kinda with an asterisk Belfast that's Belfast you gave it away there at the end <laughs> yeah had to because <laughs> it didn't really make their list but they gave it a special <laughs> yeah. award so I'm yeah that's always a kiss of death because when they do a, that it means it's winning yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened to King's Speech didn't it? Yeah. I think King's Speech and the artist really make, yeah. and Parasite got, got a special mention too by AFI <laughs> I know. Yeah. The artist too in Parasite. So I, I don't think yeah, anything. That's, a, that's something to look at. I wonder, you know, how often they give a special award and it ends up winning picture. Mm. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. That's either. like, that's like their, their caveat. That's, that's their, that's their loophole that they always throw in. Yeah. It's like, well, we can't really nominate it since it's not an American <laughs> movie, but we can't ignore it either because it's just so damn good. Right. The only thing uh, Power of the Dog missed that I just named all those things was NBR. Somehow NBR left it off their list. Mm. And, and, they only, and I, they only listed nine, which I thought was odd. There were only yeah. nine NBR nominations. Oh, really? I didn't Power really know that. Huh. So I'm wondering if there was like a typo or something and they left, they accidentally left that off and huh. that was the 10th, but. That's I don't, I don't know why they um, didn't nominate that or didn't name yeah. that as one. That seems weird to me. Like you wouldn't pick it's that as one weird. of the top ten of yeah. the year. It's an easy call. Yeah, yeah. You know sure. what's that about? Like that. I thought that was so. <clears throat> go ahead. The only, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I had. So the only thing that West Side Story is missing in all that um, the mention. So again, it's Golden Globe Picture Director Screenplay, Critics Choice Picture Director Screenplay, AFI Top Ten, NBR. The only thing West Side Story is missing in all that is Golden Globe screenplay. Mm. The only thing, the only thing Licorice Pizza is missing is Golden Globe director. Mm. And then the only thing Dune is missing is Golden Globe screenplay as well. Wow, wow, that's pretty intense. That's that's yeah. some strong energy there from those movies. I mean, that's good to know that yeah. they're that they're that um, that they're that it's close. that strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Power of the Dog, strong male lead, Licorice Pizza, lead male, but not really a, a best actor type thing. Well, I mean, I guess it could be considered around central male lead. Um, yeah. yeah. Belfast is definitely a male lead. Uh, King Richard's a male lead. Dune is a male lead. So that. So West Side Story is really your. I mean, the, I think the females drive that film, but I, I mean, yeah, I think you so. Know, Tony's Tony's big too. <laughs> he is, he is, yeah. It's but it's it's a shared thing for sure. Yeah. So is Licorice Pizza to a degree, but it really is the yeah, the, it the, is. the boys coming of age story more than it is hers. I think. 
So Coda is probably your strongest film that has a where the lead is definitely a female. Yeah, and I think that's getting in for Best Picture for sure. That's yeah. on my list. Yeah. Is that on your list too? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's getting in. And I, I'm so happy to see that, that Troy Kotzer is going to win <laughs> Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. I, uh, I'm not sold that he's winning. I I, oh. I have him number two still. Oh, I, my God. How do you make him lose? I, I know. Well, I'm hopeful still that it's uh, Karen Hines. I can't mm. uh, I can't help it. Karen, Karen won the NBR um, for Best Supporting Actor. And um, so far, Koth. Kutzer has won Gotham's, I believe, but they've both been nominated for a lot. I can't remember what else they've won. Yeah, um, you put that guy on a stage, winning an award. And, yeah, but uh, there won't be too many stages beforehand because Globes are out of the mix. So I think, I think Globes, if Kutzer won Globe, and got to get up there and and there's um, no Globes. Speech, then, yeah, well, there's no Globes. So to- Kutzer's won Boston, Gotham's, and Vegas. Kieran's won NBR and Phoenix for what that's worth, but both are nominated for CCA and Globes. Yeah, let's see how hungry Apple is, how hard they're going to go yeah. after this. Because if they're not going to go after it, then he, he's not going to win because the Belfast people are coming on strong. <laughs> Belfast is, you know, if it's the front runner to win Best Picture, it seems like it might also win an acting award. He's really good right. in it, too. And. <laughs> He steals and the he, show, you know. Yeah, he's their best shot because I don't know that Belfi – I have them both winning right now. But I think supporting actress is a little tighter race. Oh, we don't um, even know. Don't, Who's our front runner for supporting right now, actress? For supporting actress, I have Belfi in front. Um, but let me see who I had, two, three, four, five. Um, so I have Kirsten Dunst second um, and DeBose third. And I think those, those three and then Anjanou Ellis – the fifth spot is the tough one, right? Ruth Nega, Rita Moreno, Marley Matlin, and Dow, Judy Dench. Like, there's a whole slot of... Marley Matlin whole, missed Globes and Critics' she Choice. She missed both. Yeah, yeah, she missed both. Rita Rita got the Critics' Choice, Nega got the Globes, and then Balfi, Dunst, DeBose, and Ellis got both. Well, I have DeBose winning. I don't think she's losing. That's a good pick. Yeah. it's a good pick. She's terrific. I stole that from Clarence. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great. She's terrific in it, and you know, Anita won the, the Anita role won the first time around, so that'll be interesting to see how they they treat that. Yeah, um, did we lose Clarence? Is he here? I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here too. I mean, I, I've been uh, Clarence and I both we were quiet <laughs> I'm just listening talking, to you I'm just two. talking it to you. I'm talking. Yeah, no, you two are just like really. You're it's like listening to. You're the, in your zone. <laughs> yeah, you, you get me into this part. And I get no, that's much. good. I think that's good. I, I mean, I think that's. A, um, yeah, Ariana. So. Okay, let me go through my predictions right now for yeah. the top categories. Okay, let's go. Belfast for picture, Campion for director. Um, I have Will Smith for actor. I have Kristen Stewart for actress. We can talk about actress in a minute because that's a weird one. Supporting actor, I'm going to go with Troy. And then for supporting actress, Ariana DeBose. Um, and then original screenplay, Belfast. I mean, I know people say it's going to be licorice pizza, I mean, yeah. I think theoretically, and, and Belfast, I don't think it's going to win without screenplay or director. It needs one yeah. or the other. So if they're going to give it licorice pizza, then 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 Branagh is going to win best director, which is possible. Completely agree. Yep. Um, adapted screenplay is going to be the power of the dog, which it deserves. Um, mm. And that's it for me. How about you guys? 
I I have the same exact except for the supporting. The two supportings, I had Balfi and Hines, but the rest I agree completely with right now. You guys, Clarence, Ryan? Ryan I know what ahead. you're saying about Belfast makes a lot of sense. It makes it makes it makes the most sense if I hadn't seen any of them. I have to say, and I'm don't hate me, but I and I liked Belfast a lot. I really, really liked it a lot. It's top, top five for me. It might even be top three. I I wasn't as moved by it as I felt like that I, I was intended to be moved by. I think um, Kieran Hines and and uh, uh, Judy Dench, if it hadn't been for them, I wouldn't have been moved at all, really. If it hadn't been for yeah, the grandparents, I don't think awesome. it would have affected me emotionally at all, that movie. I wasn't, I didn't feel it like I thought that, every, like I know that everyone else did. Hmm. But I really did feel the grandparents, and they really made the movie for me. Hmm. And so that 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 does push it, nudge it upwards for me. And logically, I really can't see what would what would beat Belfast, but it's it's not one. Of, it won't be one of my favorite best picture winners of all, of you know, of the past ten years. It'll. I'll, feel, I'll be fine with it, but I. I wish I loved it more. Hmm. What do you think does win? What do you have? Like, like I said, I can't really think of what anything mm-hmm. might top it. So it, I know that it makes sense logically. I just yeah. wish I was as enthusiastic about it as I know that you guys are. <laughs> um, we we probably blew it up too much for. No, I don't think I, I went into it with like normal <laughs> expectations, but okay. um, I, I, uh, I did, I guess, but I did expect more somehow. So I did expect some help. Yeah, that's the problem with, with that expectations thing, you know, yeah. it's definitely. Yeah. And but I, 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 for me, like, I loved everything about it, but I really did love the grandparents and I felt like they were the heart and center of the yes. movie. And I think mm-hmm. that is part of what makes it so good. Why people like it so much is because of them. Um, but also for, sure. for me, of course, it's the Van Morrison music, which I he's one of my favorites. Yeah. And connecting with that mm-hmm. was really, really, I think, what a lot of boomers are going to be up for. Um, Clarence, how about you? What do you got? For picture? Um, well, I had West Side Story until this weekend. And then, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, even though why, I think it is. Why not? Why don't you think? Because I think um, the headlines and, the, and I don't want to get all political, but the media has doubt decried it as a bomb, even though, you know, the story is not done. And it could be that it turns it around over the holiday season and uh, when people aren't going to parties or shopping or, you know, presumably people who would go see this would be vaccinated. Um, But I I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't think, uh, as much as I loved it, I watched the film and I thought, it's very old fashioned. He made a very old fashioned movie. Mm. Um, and I just don't know that people are going to to dig that vibe. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but I don't know. Um, I am uh, I'm probably coming back around to Belfast um, because it is. I don't want to say it's the lowest common denominator, but it's the it's the, it's the movie that everybody can like. It's the movie yeah. everybody would mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Power of the Dog is going to be too divisive, and it's got the Netflix thing going there. God, um, it's so good, though. It is. It's a brilliant film. I mean, you know, it, I actually saw Belfast again this weekend, and uh, I'm kind of with Ryan on this one. I still can't. It, it doesn't. It, it, I just can't connect with it literally at all. I mean, I, I it, oh. just. I. I don't know. I just. Kieran Hines and uh, and uh, Katrina Balfe are. Uh, 
um, tops for me, but, uh, everything else is just, I don't know. I just don't get it. And my wife, um, had a hard time with it too, but I think it was because she, number one, couldn't understand what they were saying. We actually had to stop <laughs> film 20 minutes into it and turn on the uh, subtitles because my in-laws oh, were in the room as well. And, uh, nobody understood what was going on. So we had to watch part of it yeah. with the subtitles on, but, uh, my wife just sitting there, uh, singing Van Morrison songs the whole time. I don't even think she... <laughs> what was going on? Like, this soundtrack is amazing. That's what she right? just kept saying. That's, over over <laughs> That's funny because there's a line in the movie that Heinz says about, you know, I can't understand your grandma either, but I've been with her you know, this whole yeah. time or whatever. Uh-huh. He says something along those lines. It's a good line. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those four films, and right now I'm probably going to go back to Belfast. Um, but I just. I don't hear. I mean, yeah, it got seven nominations from from um, excuse me, Golden Globes. It got a lot of uh, what got eleven um, from Critics' Choice. Outside of that, I just don't hear people very passionate about it. Right. Mm. Well, remember oh, the the key is that I was going to say I must not be loud enough. No, but the, the, <laughs> the hard thing to know about well, I mean, look, the, there are some years where they defy all of our rules, like Parasite Year. That was a year where. It was like, you know, the word of mouth on Parasite got so strong. People finally sat down to watch it. It created a perfect storm of excitement and buzz and hype and heat. But I've never experienced a year like that in the era of the expanded ballot where a film came around at the last minute like that and really just dominated the awards like it did. Um, Screenplay, picture, and director, that's really rare and hardly ever happens. So, you know, that... You know, you, you do have to keep in mind these years where you just don't know what's going to happen, you know, and then you laugh at yourself for having ever thought that a different scenario would play out, you know. And then you have to listen to people on Twitter go, I always knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I told oh you God, that was going to We have a couple of those. So I know. Names, but my God. Learn to not speak in absolutes. Exactly. That's, that's my advice. Like things change and yeah. we don't know anything right now. We're no. Just, uh, the thing I just wanted to say about that in terms of Belfast and passion and stuff yeah. is just that Academy voters don't do what we do. They don't watch a movie and then go around talking about it. They watch it and they put it away. And then when it comes time to vote, they go, okay, which is the best that I saw of all these movies, you know? Mm-hmm. And then remember, you're dealing with the preferential ballot on top of everything else. So if you're just talking about right. people putting down the movie that they feel passionately about to win, that's, that's a whole right. different thing than if you're like, for instance, maybe they didn't want Nomadland to, to, to win. Like, you know, in terms of Parasite, like, that was a movie that was going to hit every top ballot position. If it wasn't number one, it was going to be number two. If it wasn't number two, it was going to yeah. be number three. It was going to be top three yeah. all the way down the road. So your job yeah. is always to figure out which is that movie. And that is was Moonlight. That was Nomadland. Um, that that is this goodwill towards pushing a movie to the top. Cynthia Schwartz, who's doing Belfast, she knows this. She knows she doesn't have to have a passionate, super passionate winner. Mm-hmm. She just has to have a movie people have goodwill about. Now, Power of the Dog, if it wins for any reason, it would be for that reason. It would be because people push it to the top of their ballot, but it also has enough number ones to pull in the win. Because mm-hmm. you need both. Yeah. You can't just have... You know, you need the, the also that last minute push to the top. Um, when when I've done these simulations with with Marshall, um, we always you know it's it's very rare. It happens, but it's rare for a second movie to overtake the first movie that's in the lead. 
Usually mm-hmm. the movie that's in the lead stays in the lead and it just bolsters its place. Yeah. But La La Land wasn't a movie that was going to be pushed to the top of the ballot. It was going to be a passionate movie that people loved. Moonlight was. Moonlight was. If they didn't want it for number one, they felt like they had to push it to the top. I feel like that's what Belfast has going for it. I think that it's mm-hmm. it's going yeah. to create a warm feeling in people's hearts. So even if it isn't number one, it's going to be number two. It's going to be number three. I think that's what makes it a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, I think you're right. That's why. That's why I meant when I said logically, I can't think of anything that really makes more sense than Belfast. I can see that exactly what you're saying. It's gonna if it's not number one on people's ballots, it's gonna be two or three on almost everyone's ballot. And I don't know yeah. what other movies you can say that about. Right. And that's uh, yeah. That's that's and I agree with you. That's why I think Belfast wins PGA, and I think Power of the Dog is gonna win DGA. But what do we think is gonna win SAG? Right. What What do you think wins ensemble? I I have no idea right now. Gosh, I don't know either. I mean, I know some people were saying West Side Story. I don't think so. I it think could. Um, it, it could win. Yeah. It's a you know diverse cast, and they're all really good. You know, it's singing and dancing on top of acting. Like I could, I could definitely see West Side Story being the front runner there. And then well, we have it, a, a three way split. Uh, if it wins there, then we do have, yeah, we have a best picture situation where it could it could spoil. But um, if it wins the SAG, then it has the support of the actors heading in because that means that the actors had to des- yep. deny Belfast that award. Belfast yeah. is such an ensemble piece. Um, mm. Get that kid up on stage, you know? It's like... Yeah, right. So, that's, so I guess that's, that's where I would lean, I guess, is Belfast right now. But West Side Story seems... I could see it. Go ahead, Clarence. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and, and celebrating Judy Dench. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Judy Dench and all those guys getting up there, like, it has that parasite quality to it where it's like they're just so adorable when they get up yeah. on stage. <laughs> can't stand it. Yeah. They're so cute and so funny and so sweet and so calming, you know. Um, I really do draw the 1968 comparison when Oliver Twist won Best Picture that year in such a rough year. Um, people were seeking comfort like that. And I do feel like, you know, West Side Story at the end of the day is a movie that is, takes you to a a painful place in a way. It doesn't take you to necessarily a joyful place. It's a masterpiece. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that I saw a movie that was, you know, accomplishment wise, like Steven Spielberg is in a league of his own He's John Ford territory. You know, he's one of the greatest directors who ever lived. He made a movie so accomplished, nobody can even touch him in terms of that. But that doesn't necessarily mean it wins Best Picture. He's always turning in those kind of movies, you know, So because um, he's just so good. Yeah. Um, but is there I'm, another I'm movie that... that I, see, I don't think Licorice Pizza is going to be big with the actors myself. I don't think so either. I don't think that's yeah. a sad... <clears throat> I think you may have a dark horse at SAG and CODA. Yes, Coda. Coda's a dark horse across the board. I mean, if they, no, it's not going to get director. But that, talk about your goodwill. If they, if they ratchet up the marketing, hint, hint, no. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Apple. (laughs) Come on, Apple. That, one thing about, it did really feel like a really believable, authentic, cohesive family group you know you really believed that they were that they had known each other all their lives yeah you can't can't say that about a a lot of movies that uh, even though don't look up has a lot of big name actors and you would think it'd be a lot of star power there they just don't even i have to i haven't seen it obviously 
I'm not even really looking forward to it that much. But I just don't think I'm going to feel like that that they I, I'm, that they're going to hang together as a group as well as as, as some of the other movies. I yeah. think yeah, you know? Coda has a really good. The only it's it's really honestly its drawback is that it's an Apple movie, and that they might be yeah. weird about that. But that movie's a killer. That last scene. <laughs> is a killer. You know, it's just like, wow, that, I mean, it destroys you. I get teary just thinking about that last scene, you know? What do you think about Dune and Nightmare Alley for Ensemble? No. I'm afraid not. I I, I was really looking forward to seeing what acting nominations that Nightmare Alley might get with the Globe, and apparently it got nothing. Right, and so that's really uh, let down for me because I was really hoping that because I thought they were all outstanding, but there is just a lot of competition in all the categories this year, and they didn't really make break it into the top five in any of the categories. No, which is disappointing to me because I thought they were all terrific, amazing. Like you said, everyone is saying is Bradley Cooper's best role ever, and it is undeniably his best yeah. role. Ever. He's great. He great. They're all good in it, but the problem is. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. God bless them, but that Kim Morgan and Del Toro did not pull any punches. They made it gruesome and graphic, and I think that that it's going to be so it's going to be too dark for the actors. <laughs> I just yeah. think it will be too dark. See, all of the movies I love so much this year are all of the darkest ones: Power of the Dog and and and, uh, and Nightmare Alley and what else? Uh, the, just the and what even I'm sure I like West Side Story for the same reason that it's like dark at the end. Um, that could definitely so not, win. That that might be my. Now that you think about it, that might be my um, my my ensemble front runner. West Side yeah. Story, West Side Story, Belfast, Coda. Those are the three. And then I haven't seen Don't Look Up yet, so I don't know if it's good or bad. But um, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count King Richard out either, though. King Richard. It's a small, too small of a cast. I think. Yeah, even with you know the the daughters and John Bernthal and. Not enough. No, they need no. the big. They need big stars, big cast. Okay. But if we're talking the way we're talking, it's going to be a very white. Well, not really with West Side Story, but um, they do tend to like to be more diverse and inclusive at SAG. So I heard that there was a movie with Regina King. A the Western. harder they fall. Yeah. What do you think about that? No. No, I didn't. I love westerns, and I didn't really like it that much. I liked it a lot, but me too. I, yeah, I liked it really okay. a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Do you think of it as an awards player, though? No. Um, not not so much. I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah, it's a great debut film. You know, it's going to be. I mean, is this you know spectacular for? Is his first movie right for director's first film? Yes. Yeah, yeah Samuel something. I forget his name. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it a lot, but it really does not. There's just too much other outstanding competition this year. All right, now I have to go there. I have to go there. But what do you think about House of Gucci for ensemble? Mm. I gotta I mean, go there, man. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a fine pick too. There's, there's so. I mean, being the Ricardos and Tragedy Macbeth, yeah, have big mm-hmm. cast, right? right? There's so many this year. That's why SAG is the one I can't wrap my head around, even just narrowing down to five, let alone picking what wins. I know, and it all comes down to the nominating committee because you don't know who it's going to be, you don't know where they're going to draw it from, you don't know who, you know, which pocket of the country yeah. they're going to be coming from. Are they city <laughs> folks? Are they rural? You know, who are they? So. Well, Clarence mentioned too, I think a few times how SAG is now SAG-AFTRA, the TV side of things. Could that help being the Ricardos or Coda? 
I, oh, it I plays like gangbusters on TV. No, it really mm, yeah. does. Yeah. It's it's a it's a House of Bricks movie. Like that's what Apple, all the streaming platforms that House of Bricks, they can withstand any of this pressure. But here's the thing. I don't hundred percent know if it's both the get to pick on the nominating committee. I think it might be that the film people only on that. I don't know for sure. I, I have to look it up. I think I did look it up one time, but I don't remember what the answer was. Hmm. So they vote for the final winners, but I don't know about nominees. They get like 2,000 people picked at random. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're right about that. the nominating yeah, I mean, committee. So We didn't even mention the French Dispatch, which has a loaded oh, cast as well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe The Last Duel. That's got a decent cast, too. I wish. In the heights. I wish The Last so Duel many. could get arrested. It could get one award. <laughs> Just one. Hey, The Last Duel got an NBR nom. It, it got what uh, Power of the Dog failed to do. So yeah. that's not bad. Oh, yeah. Power of the Dog is in. So let's do our SAG Ensemble nominees really fast. Power of the Dog for sure. Belfast for sure. Probably. Coda. West, West Coda. Side Story. Coda, West Side Story. Coda is going to make history if it gets in. I don't I don't know that I'd pick Coda. Hmm. I, I think Belfast, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story feel like the safest there. And then two more. Uh, I'm, I would say King Richard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they might just... And they might just do Gucci for the, just for the fun of it, just because just it's just so wild. It. Yeah, it's like everyone, all all of the actors, they were just all trying to to steal the scene from everyone else. I mean, I love that they were just also over the top. <laughs> I, I wish it had really, been more over the top. My problem with yeah, it was it wasn't yeah, enough over the top. Yeah. They played it too serious and too somber. Um, but at the same time. I mean, these are bravura performances that some, depending on who these people are that yes. go in, they might be like, you know, the thing is, everybody's really loving Lady Gaga, you know? Um, but She's great in it. It didn't get a best picture at the uh, Critics' Choice. No, yeah. it's it hasn't received any. I think the only thing, at least on my tracker, that I have it getting a nomination for were the African American Film Critics Association. Mm-hmm. No, but Critics' Choice did go, include Jared Leto. Yeah, Again. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I'm going to be weird and, and go Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, and Nightmare Alley. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. That would be great. I wish I would be, I hope you're right. I think maybe the history of um, of Lucy and Ricky may yeah. push being one. the Ricardos in. I don't know. I can see it. It's also a that, really good ensemble, man. Really, really yeah, good. Yeah, and it's Aaron Sorkin, and so many uh, people just idolize him because, you know, he writes great dialogue for actors, too. And it's and big stars. So, so many of the SAG membership yeah. are TV actors. They I like movies pick. with big stars, but I could see them. I'm going to go. I mean, I don't know how I have to see how Coda is being pushed. You know, I don't really see a lot of advertising for it. Other movies in the past that have, that have, that, that, that could have made it if they had just a, a little more nudge, like like Juno or like um, Little Miss Sunshine. It's a, it's, a, it's a little movie that could. I think, that, it, honestly, but, both of those movies would have won Best Picture in the era of the ballot, the preferential yeah. ballot. I really do. I think they would have. That's, that would make me so sad to lose. Those are two of my favorite Best Picture winners I of know, the last 20 too, years. I know, me too, but I'm just saying. Like, please, yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I wish that it happened. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. That, that it's yeah, the same type of movie, the little movie that can can this. Uh, it is, yeah. David and Goliath kind of thing. It'd be smart too to focus the campaign around coat. I don't know how you say his name. Is it Coatser or Kotzer? Kotzer. Either know. way, Kotzer. Yeah. 
I mean, I would, it, I would put it, him front and center. It'll make them look really, really good if they do that. If they pick Coda, it really yeah. will. But the, again, like when you're talking about a nominating random nominating committee, like we've seen some weird stuff come out of the sack. <laughs> like they pick some weird, you know, they're really unpredictable because you just don't know who who these people are that they're going to randomly select or why, you know. Yeah, is there a scenario where they omit power of the dog? Right. Mm-hmm. Like sure. Mank last year. Yep. Right. Exactly. God, I doubt I it. But, yeah, I would hope not. But it is, you know, it's it's Cumberbatch, it's Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's likely, but I mean, crazier things have happened. Well, I mean, not to be mean, I come from acting. I am not insulting anybody but my family when I say <laughs> that actors aren't exactly the brightest of the Academy branches are not. Oh. No, I know that's so mean. I don't mean that. I just mean that, you know, cerebral. They're not very cerebral. But I, I tell you, Don't Look Up is right. getting in. Don't Look Up is yeah. getting in for SAG Ensemble. There's no way oh, it's not. All right. Because it's, it's Meryl Streep. Yeah, they don't want to. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, they want them God. at their show. I don't even mm-hmm. know. I don't know what's safe for SAG. I mean, no matter what five you pick, it sounds right. No, I know. And it's I'm, like it's like fifteen deep for a sack. It's so hard, but I'm gonna go with Belfast. Um, Power of the dog. Power of the dog. Don't look up. West Side West Story. Side. King Richard. No, it's gonna be my fifth is either Coda or Being the Ricardos. Oh. I know that's like white, 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 but I. King Richard is not a SAG ensemble movie. It only has those two leads. The kids aren't the the kids aren't well known enough. So and even if they are, that's only four. So there's it's got the know. coaches too, though. That's true. They are very they are very diverse with ensemble lately. No, the last I know. few and years, the SAG you had, in general, yeah. Yeah, last year you had the Five Bloods, Ma Rainey, Minari, and One Night in Miami in there I for know. ensemble. I know. In 2019, you had obviously Parasite, which won. 2018, you had Black Panther, Black Klansman, and Crazy Rich Asians. I know, but look um, at look at what get the, out what get the, out and Mudbound both made it in 2017. Like no, I know. Oh, believe well. me, trust me. I know. I believe me. But I'm saying, like, look at what happened with yeah. the Globes. They almost went the total opposite direction. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you could have Macbeth. You could have King Richard, and yeah. it, would, it would be you know. But there, there oh, yeah, are, Macbeth. That's a good. That's another good one. God. Yeah, so we're, gotta, t- we're talking about SAG still, right? Yeah, still yeah, talking, yeah. You so, know, that's just think, yeah, just in the name, hearing the list that you read off over the past couple of years, it seems like SAG always includes one really um, box office um, giant among the, you know, the, because they're like you said before, Sasha, they're really populist. They're from all across the country. Right. They're not, and and they they just like what. They like the kind of they like multiplex movies. They like the big splashy multiplex movies. If they're going to nominate Wonder Woman, 1994 for oh that I'm sorry that was stunt ensemble. Sorry, I'm looking at stunt ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome would that have been though? But, um, uh, right? no. no, but but my God. But, see, but you never like, like you said like you guys said you just don't know what they're Oof. going to do. But you know the Macbeth. Don't you think it's weird that McDormand isn't showing up anywhere? I know what happened there. Just pushing her in lead, and she's a supporting. That's right. She's supporting. When you have so many other, like it's so hard right now to pick in that category. You're you're loaded with 
you know, between Stuart Kidman, Coleman, Gaga, Chastain, you still have on the outside, you have folk people like Rachel Zegler, I could see getting in, or Alana Haim, right. uh, Penelope Cruz, who won Venice, you know, Jennifer Hudson, who I know, Sasha, you're a big um, advocate for. So McDormand, I don't, I don't know. I'm if just she's hoping even... she gets in SAG, Jennifer Hudson. But yeah, I, I, I think she, she could, she could. But it's still unusual to not have a Globe. And but she just needs one or the other. She needs Globe or SAG. But um, yeah, yeah, you're starting to deep. talk me into King Richard now because the thing is, is if King Richard is a major player and it hits all the spots, mm. if it hits a DGA and it hits, um, let's do DGA really fast. What time do you guys have yeah. to hang up? Um, like 20 minutes or so. Is- I've got questions too from the yeah. Oh there's shit! A, All right, we'll do, do let's do DGA real quick, and then we'll get to the questions. All right, hit me with your DGA five. Uh, I'm probably gonna go. Oh, go ahead, Clarence. No, 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 you go. It's fine. No, I'm, I I talk too much today. No, it's good <laughs> to have you talk. You don't always talk. <laughs> and no, this is a this is a good one. Um, top is, this three, an, is this top three? I think it's top yeah, one. I mean, it's got to be top three. For me, it was like number one because I because I like wouldn't let anyone else talk. But. <laughs> Go ahead, Clarence. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Campion, Brana, Spielberg, um, Villeneuve, and um, God, it's not going to be Anderson, is it? Uh, say, say Del Toro, and then I can just say that my same. And that that would be not changed from our earlier predictions in the year. That was who we had as our fifth spot for predictions was Del Toro always all Mm -hmm. along. Right. Yeah. But Anderson for maybe for Oscar. Right. No, I I think Anderson definitely for Oscar, but not for DGA. Um, Something more. um, Maybe Ronaldo Marcus Green. See that's the, that's the one that I had when I didn't have Spielberg, um, so I didn't have that five all along because I had Green instead of Spielberg. Now I have Campion, Branagh, Spielberg, Villeneuve. Those four feel like the safest mm-hmm. ones, and I'm I'm gonna go with PTA. I'm gonna take him for DGA. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad choice considering how people are loving this movie. Like it's, yeah. I mean it it is on the one hand it's niche, but on the other hand like. You know, it is getting. I don't know. People are loving it, and so I mean, he, he got nominated for screenplay for for um, Inherent Vice, and right. for an Oscar. Yeah, they right? love it. He's like, he's had he's had four screenplay nominations at yeah. the Oscars. That's why so they just how that's how much they love him there. Yeah. yeah so. I think that's definitely possible. But I my four are the same as your guys's, but I think five will be. I'm going to stick with um, Del Toro. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Del Toro because I, at the end of the day, I think that, that that's better movie than Licorice Pizza, but that's my own personal bias. It's so unfair. It's not right. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of these movies, I, I know for myself, I need to see a lot of these movies again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those years where I, I'm going to like Nightmare Alley, especially for me. I'm, I'm actually going to see that Friday if COVID stays out of our household. Um, so... That's we should um, we should work backwards from the DGA and see vis-a-vis these other nominations, how it fits in in terms of where are these five coming from? How how consistent is the five with, say, the Globes? and the, um, Because yeah. what are our Globes five for director? There's Gyllenhaal in there, so she messed right. it so all up. Globes five are Campion, Branagh, Spielberg, Villeneuve, and Those the fifth f- one was 
Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, I believe. Yeah, so the right? fifth slot is mm-hmm. definitely open. So for DGA, you want to think, what are the five movies that have the best shot of winning Best Picture? That's how that's, you get your DGA. That's exactly how I do it, too. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I could see if you thought that um, Licorice Pizza was top five. I don't know that I yeah. do right now. I think that it's top five. I think King Richard is. So I'd probably go with, with Ronaldo, Marcus Green. Yeah. And the reason is that they vote on the title of the movie, not the name. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So if they really like it as much as we think they're going to, then he's yeah. in there. Plus they get to have a, I'm sorry, but it's not an, an all-white lineup. If they pick PTA, it's going to be, what is it, five white guys and a girl. Well, and Campion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five guys and a girl. <laughs> Spiel, Spielberg's Jewish, at least. Well, it doesn't count. <laughs> and Villeneuve, Villeneuve is like French or something, right? <laughs> and Branagh's Irish, so at least it's not like straight white American males. Can I just give I my my xenophobia stat really fast? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go my xenophobia stat <laughs> is that um, only two directors since um, since the expanded ballot have been American, other than Ang Lee. We have to accept because he is an American citizen technically, but he's from Taiwan. So, but um, uh, it's been. Bigelow and Damien Chazelle. And now we're going to have um, Jane Campion win. <laughs> and the streak is going to continue. <laughs> Unless Spielberg somehow miraculously wins his third, but I don't think he's going to. I think it's Campion's to lose. Branagh could do it, and then it's still the same stat. <laughs> the xenophobia stat. Where <laughs> and I know my readers are like, hate that so much. But, you know me, I look at patterns, and I can't help yeah. it. You know, And yeah. so I look at that, and I, I'm always looking at the best director. I'm like, yeah, when's an American going to win again? <laughs> Probably never. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, all right. So let's take the questions. Oh, did you want to do your DGA five, Ryan? Which ones do you think? No, that's okay. I, I, mine was just really close to, I don't, I have no, it, mine was close to Clarence. Yeah. You had yeah. Campion, Brana, Spielberg, Villeneuve and uh, Del Toro, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think that, that it's possible Del Toro could get in only on his stature in the business because yeah. they do that a lot. They, they do pick really famous you know, high profile directors. My only problem with that is that I'm I'm getting a little bit of a ding on Nightmare Alley from being shut out at the Globes. It might not matter, you know, it might not matter. But that's my only problem with that um situation. But but see, the, we don't know what kind of stuff was happening behind the scenes with this with publicists and submissions and that could have played into it too. You know what I mean? So we don't really know how things right. ended up. Um, it did well with critics, at least the critics' choice. Right, it got picture and director there. It got picture mm-hmm. and director, yeah, yeah. So that's good. And I devoted in my critics' choice for the first time this year, and you only oh, get nice. yeah, you only get three for best picture. Oh, I like that. Three. So you you whittle yeah. it down pretty quick. So if Nightmare Alley got in, that means that a lot of people really loved it. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because it couldn't get in. All otherwise. right. Let me uh, let me give you some questions. All right. So. Uh, Scott Kernan asked, what would you consider to be the front runner for original screenplay? Based on what I've heard, the race seems to be between Belfast and Licorice Pizza. Belfast. So you had a follow-up question because on Twitter I saw you replied. There was a follow-up from Noel Venegas that asked um, if you could expand on that, basically. Uh, He says, you've been engaging audience reaction via Rotten Tomatoes, and they have the same score there. Um, with Licorice Pizza having the higher percentage of critical acclaim, 
I know you know the industry. Is it because Brana has more support there than PTA? No, it's because the the Best Picture frontrunner wins screenplay unless it's winning Best Director. So it's one or the other. Unless like Chris Pizza's going to win Best Picture, and if it is, then great. But I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, predict it without. Um, and switching my predict, I'm not going to say Belfast is going to win Best Picture and <laughs> nothing else. I mean, right. it's got to win. I, even though, like I have, like I said, and I regrettably said, and I'm, I feel bad that I said that I wasn't as as overwhelmed by Belfast as I <laughs> as a lot of people are. I do feel like that since he's not winning Best Director, that they might feel like that he that giving giving him Best Screenplay would be a consolation prize for doing such a fine job with the movie that that so many people do love. Yeah, I mean, going back to 2009, and I could name these, but I won't because I won't waste your time. Every Best Picture winner has either won director or screenplay or both. Even Mm -hmm. Green Book, even Spotlight, which only won two Oscars, it won screenplay. So you can't just randomly rogue predict unless you think another movie's winning Best Picture. I mean, you could, right. you could just, it could be a year like Grand Hotel where, where a movie wins Best Picture and nothing else. Like, I mean, we are kind of due for one of those. Um, yeah. But, and there have been a lot of unpredictable things happen in the past three or four years, things that we never thought ever could happen. That yeah. We thought if, were impossible. If there's a, but, but see, that's how I knew that's when I, um, when I predicted, uh, Green Book to win. I I also had to predict it for screenplay, even though that year people were saying, no way is that going to win? No way is that going to win screenplay? And I was like, well, if it's winning picture, it's winning screenplay. And so, of course, it had to win both. But it is always nervous when you get to the end there and they start naming them. (laughs) Like Nomadland last year didn't win screenplay, but it won director. So that stat you gave actually goes back further. It goes all the way back to Chicago was the last movie to not win or to win Best Picture and not win at least one of directing or writing. Right. Mm. And that barely so won. So 2002. Yeah, because The Pianist yeah, was coming, pianist. coming on yeah. strong that year, yeah. For sure. Pianist won director, writer, or directing, writing, and lead actor. That's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know if it, did it win editing too, maybe? I forget what, I'm sure Chicago probably won editing. but And, and you know, um, I, I think you could make that prediction in a different kind of year. If Belfast wins a bunch of Oscars, I don't think it's just, it's going to win just Best Picture and not Screenplay. Yeah. They're going to give something to Branna. You know, it's going to be director mm-hmm. or screenplay or both if it wins Best Picture. If you don't think it's going to win Best Picture, then by all means predict Licorice Pizza. Okay. Clarence, do you, you want to do the next one? No, you go ahead. I've lost the thread. Sorry. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Um, Senorita V76, I think is their handle name, asked, I'm curious if you think the Globes has been making strides to be taken seriously, and thus you're okay with the nominations this year. In other words, no Emily in Paris, WTF moments. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I already gave my big speech, o- so you guys, yeah, somebody else. Right. I think overall, I'm, I'm not surprised and not 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 displeased with the nominees this year. It would have been nice to see um, more diversity, but in a way, it's like they. It's not like they dug in their heels and said we're we're just refused to be diverse. It's like they they are showing some sort of some sort of. Uh, Consistency and and their integ what they feel is their integrity that they're only voting for the movies and for the performances that they really think are in the top five 
regardless of the diversity. And it's like, even though they know the trouble they could be causing for themselves, they are willing to take the flack. And so, and I sort of have to admire that in a way that they're, that they are not, they haven't really changed from what they did last year. Well, they did, they did a lot last year, right? They had an incredible yeah, amount. That, that's that's true. Even last year, they were even more diverse. That's true. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from. They still have a lot of, I think, inclusive nominees. It's just that Best Actress is a killer. Like, it's just yeah. all five white women. Yeah. Petition this year is incredible. I do think the, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press, the old Hollywood Foreign Press, is still there because, you know, Universal canceled their show, of course. And, uh, you notice there's not a single Universal nominee in the entire Golden Globe list. Film, <laughs> oh my God! Film or television. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, in in any other year, they've absolutely would have nominated Sing too. They nominated Sing. Yeah. That's you know, funny. I mean, and and they would have nominated <laughs> Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. You know, they yeah. just. Universal has been wiped clean from the slate. <laughs> wow, that's some vindictive, that's, vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's like, I, it's I like the, just like the, the administration, the board of directors of the Golden Globes may have, may hope, I mean, wish that they could change things, but you can't make 80 people yeah, exactly. who are stuck in their ways do anything except what they want to do. And uh, there's there there are a bunch of older people. They're stubborn and set in their ways, and and have their sense of pride or whatever they sense of whatever they've got. And and they're you just can't force them to do what they're not going to do. No, I mean they did last year. They certainly did. I mean they they really did. And I think that they felt kind of embarrassed last year the way it went down because it was um, they ended up getting uh, trumped by uh, BAFTA and the Oscars who went for. Uh, Anthony Hopkins and um, Francis McDormand. So I don't know that they, I don't know how that worked out, but, but there is something interesting to note here, which is that the critics choice also are incredibly white in their best actress mm -hmm. lineup in the same way, but they had a whole special show for, uh, you know, it was like a, what was that? Like a celebration of, of, you know, um, people of color they had a whole they had a whole show devoted to honoring people who weren't white i think is how and i'm saying this so badly i'm so sorry <laughs> is there a better way to say it but um <laughs> you know what i mean yeah we get it <laughs> no white so hard people to, hard to hard to <laughs> to put to, to describe something in nice words that is really strange to begin with you know that they did that that they even that they did that is a is a what? Well, I mean, it's like a consolation. I mean, it's, it's like a. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump to the next question because we, we have a few. So, hi Sasha. This is from John Anzalone. He says, "Yes, hi Sasha." And the awards. Uh, well, he said AW. So, awards what is what? What's the old? What's the old site? He confuses uh, it with awards watch. That's okay though. Yeah. So yeah. Awards, awards watch stole do. my my name, my Oscar yeah, watch name. Right. Right. Uh, so Belfast, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story will contend for the big win. Love them all. Campion being nommed will be awesome. The acting nominations look to be fairly diverse this year. What else is there to be grateful for this Oscar season? God blesses everyone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, like I said earlier, I'm just really excited that, there, that we have some big, splashy, epic, um, expensive, big-budget, wild, crazy movies this year. Yes. Even if they weren't all successful and they didn't all live up to their ambitions, they're all just incredibly wildly ambitious and just the kind of thing that I love to love that I love to go to the movies to see. And, I know. Yes. and that's why I've, it's I gotten me back in the theaters. You know, I went to see Dune uh, three times the first week that it was that it was out, and and I couldn't get Nightmare Alley to play on the screener because my <laughs> my internet is down because of tor- tornadoes and everything. And so I I drove thirty miles away to go see Nightmare Alley in, in a theater, and I loved it to, to see that on the big screen. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, I just sure. you know decided to see the big movie. Better. I know yeah. that I I as you know, for for all the years that I was doing this before the internet called me a white supremacist and transphobe, I was always people's sort of mother figure <clears throat> at the Oscars, and so I mean for the Oscar race, and they always hated it when I was mad about the Oscars, <laughs> like when I was spending the Oscar season bummed out because somebody didn't get nominated or I was mad about something, social network, whatever it was, and so <laughs> this kind of reminds me of of Lincoln. that sort of thing, like yeah, exactly, like it's, it's so much more fun for them when I'm not all angry. But um, but I will say about this, you know, I, I do feel like God bless us everyone in a way because I feel like we've come out of this horrible year <laughs> and we still sort of have an industry. <laughs> you know, we're still yeah. making I mean, God, you know, the Golden Globes cobbled it together and put it on, you know, like I, I know people don't like that about them, but they did it. They had the courage to do it. And that I'm impressed by. And the fact that, you know, we still have film awards. We still have movies. We're still trying to make this thing work. You know, we're lucky, you guys. We get to see movies for yeah. free, you know. Yes. And I, I, Ryan is absolutely spot on with it. Just so it's so great to see films that are, you know, epic and widescreen and they deserve to be seen in a theater and to go and experience that again. And then not a nomad land in the bunch. So God bless us, everyone. McDormand's not shitting in a bucket. That's right. I'm gonna get the words right it's out. all fun and games until. <laughs> all right, the next one, Kflee 208 asks, do you think there could be a lone screenplay nomination, either original or adapted at the Oscars this year? And if so, which one? I lost uh, daughter. One real quick. I think drive my car. I think Ryan is absolutely spot on with that. But it'll have a foreign language, uh, international too, though. So it won't be. You mean lone as in the only nomination it gets? Yeah, I think that would a foreign. I think that would count as far as international. I, I think yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, either I took it to mean when I read it earlier. I took it to mean a screenplay nomination that doesn't get a best picture or director nomination. Mm. And so that's what that's the way I understand. Yeah, it. I would I would say. Yeah, well, translated however you want, I guess. Mm, yeah, but uh, either way, it's the same answer. Uh, and yeah. uh, maybe maybe uh, Pedro for Parallel Mothers too. Possibly. Wouldn't that oh be my great? God, that's that's fantastic. What about um, Red Rocket? Because it's not eligible for international. Has so anybody I, I seen Red see. Rocket? Yeah. What about that? Maybe. Um, come yeah, on, I said, come on. I said Red Rocket. Come on, come on would be another. Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, come that on. One. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I fine. think Shaden Shaden really likes the Red Rocket, doesn't she? Or I think I read the tweet of hers. She's excited to see Red Rocket get some attention. Maybe maybe Mass. Yeah, Is it Mass getting him for screenplay. Mm-hmm. Poor <laughs> Mass. I know. Right? <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. Uh, Edward Douglas. 
asked, is King Richard out of the best picture race? It was nominated by the critics choice and there will be 10 this year, but does that matter? If it doesn't get a best picture nod, does Will Smith have a chance? It's a good question. It is getting in for best picture, but yes, if it doesn't get in for best picture, then Cumberbatch wins. Yeah, I can't imagine Smith wins if there's not enough enough love to put it in the 10. Yeah, but it's such a likable movie. I can't imagine that. Same. Uh, Anyone else have an opposite take on that? Mm, No. Daniel Hammer wrote... What do you make of Hall's inclusion for director at the Globes, seeing as the eventual Oscar winners for picture and director are almost always on the Globe director list? Not thinking Oscar prospects for uh, Maggie, rather her ability to break into such a high-tier lineup at Golden Globes. Um, two thoughts. One, I think she's going to win the DGA first-time award. And yeah. two, I think that's Netflix's kick-ass marketing machine. <laughs> Getting that nomination is what I think. I heard she was doing a lot of publicity, working it really, really hard, and and um, considering everybody's ignoring the Globes this year, it wouldn't be that hard to get in there and and be nice to them and get that get that nomination. <laughs> That's so terrible. All right, no, to be nice to be nicer about it, I'll say that they they do like to honor women. Remember they 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 nominated Ava DuVernay for. Best Director and Catherine Bigelow for Best Director yeah. of the Year. The Academy didn't nominate either of them. Yeah. So, and the fact that, as we're always saying, the actors branch is really, really powerful, and actors love to see actors become directors. Yes, absolutely. That's another one that could be. Well, I don't know. It's a little fringy. I was thinking SAG Ensemble, but that's a little fringy. But it does have those big stars. I don't know. We just have to see. Any more? So we have a couple more. Some of these we've already kind of touched on. So thank you for the questions. And hopefully we answered um, in our conversation. One of them um, asked, though, Dan E. Menaces asked, basically, um, they'd love to see a a, a two women get in the director category. Is there a shot that a second woman like Maggie basically gets in? Who would you say is the most likely other than Jim Campion? Um, I don't think I don't think Maggie is likely, but I think that she's the only one that would even be mildly considered in that. Yeah, she's the highest female I have outside of Campion, but maybe Julia Ducourneau or however you say it from for Titan. What about Coda? Uh, Rebecca Hall. You know, I, yeah, I, I like Rebecca I like Casa passing more than most people do. I would say. Rebecca Hall stands a better chance than than Maggie. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, good. I don't. But she'll get into the DGA though for first time. Both of them will, um, and that's really good, you know, to get in there. Um, yeah. But Coda Lady could get in, whatever her name is. Sean Heder is that? Mm-hmm. Is that? It? I didn't realize that's a she. Okay, then yeah. that would be my pick over Maggie. Yeah, but. She would need strong okay. marketing to get. <laughs> All right, so let's do one more because there's, we've gotten to most of these. So mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Fullup writes: the tragedy of Macbeth performed poorly at the Golden Globes and Critics' Choice. Do you think it will become stronger for Oscar once the industry chimes in? Cohen, Washington, McDormand is an all-star team. It's a good question. Seems like a Guilds type film, right? Art direction, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Uh, it? 
I have not seen that. I'm down to that. And I think <laughs> the last duel, which I've been trying to get my hands on. So good. I think those are the two last films I have to see. The last duel is the one that breaks my heart the most. Cause I know in the future people are going to look back at this year and they're going to go, yeah, that was one of the better movies, but it's totally been ignored. Um, yeah. Has anybody else seen Macbeth besides me? No. No. Okay. Well, um, it's grim. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. It's you, Macbeth. You, you already know it's grim, right? Because you know <laughs> it's surprise. Macbeth. But even beyond that, even beyond that, it's it's he plays it fairly standard. It's it's pretty bleak, man. But the the witch character is cool. It's very artsy. It's very unique. It's very like abstract expressionist it's very very cool but my my thought when i saw it was 2021's not the right year for this movie you know like it's yeah. it's a little bleak for for like covid times <laughs> i mean it might be i don't know we'll have to see but but uh yeah i mean the acting is all top notch and of course joel cohen it, it reminded me of something that he was like scratching an itch you know he was trying to do something cool and interesting like a steven soderbergh kind of thing like experimental um, but I don't know. I mean, we got to just, we got to keep our minds open to, to changes because there are going to be coming. I just saw an ad for Cyrano with my quote in it on, t- on, uh, <gasps> oh, with yeah. my, with my name, with my name. Ah, that's awesome. You got to rewind and get a screenshot. Yeah. I've got it. Post that. That's the best. It's on, it's, it's on, uh, it's on their Facebook uh, feed. It's not on TV. It hasn't come out yet, too. I mean, that's a Christmas release, so maybe maybe they pick up steam here. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, it's platforming at Christmas. It doesn't come out nationwide until middle of January. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're counting on the buzz of all of us to keep it afloat, but I don't know if that's going to work. So it got in for Critics' Choice, you say? No, it got in for Globes. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm. So yeah, there's nine. There's the nine movies that got both Globes and Critics' Choice. And then Nightmare Alley and Cyrano split that tenth spot. Nightmare getting critics and Cyrano getting Globes. All right, is that our last question? Yeah, that's uh, there. There's a couple others, but we've kind of again talked on some of what they're asking. So hopefully they get their answers. If not, if you listen and you asked us a question that we didn't answer, feel free to reach out to us. We like interacting on Twitter. Yeah. We do. We absolutely do. You know, people are shunning us, so we like to be <laughs> noticed. Um, <laughs> Ryan, I... No, they're not. They're shunning me. I'm totally shunned. Some? Are you kidding? I'm, I am the no. scarlet letter. <laughs> um, Ryan... Um, call, call me Chillingsworth. All right, you guys. This was fun. This was a good... Yeah. This was a good, like a nuts and bolts. Yeah. Was this top two? I, for me, it was number one because I talked so much. But for the rest <laughs> of you guys, great, it's probably like I just had bottom, to, I just, I, bottom three. I sat back in awe listening to you and Sasha go on about <laughs> your. I must. Expertise. I must have had too much caffeine today. Or Speaking something. our weird know. Oscar language. Yeah, it's so fun. It's at the DGA, the PGA, the SAG. <laughs> <laughs> Because you've all got, you both have everything at your fingertips. You can just reel off these facts and stats, just like you know all this stuff by heart. Back going back thirty years. Well, Clarence, did you ever tell them about your wall? <laughs> my wall? Oh, you mean my when I was a kid? When Clarence, yeah, tell them. Did you tell them? I think no, I, I we think did so. talk about this. I thought we talked about it on the podcast. But when I was a kid, when I when and 
really, I think it was uh, Oscar year for 1991 when Silence of the Lambs won. I had yeah. I just started like paste cutting out things out of the newspaper that, you know, here's what the DGA nominees were. Here's what the Golden Globe nominees were <laughs> the box That's office funny. and cinema score. And, and I would just paste them on the wall of my room. And then like oh my, I wouldn't draw strings from one to another, but, but almost. <laughs> You're I mean, cracking it, it your own serial killer. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked definitely like a, a seven oh, thing. Awesome. <laughs> I love that story. I would like to bring that sort of populist thing back to the Oscars where a kid could do that, you know, on his own. I think I mentioned in another podcast a long time ago when I was 12 or 13 years old. I had these three by five index cards because I had an Oscar book, yeah. but it was it was outdated. And so, in order to keep it up to date, every year I would make index cards for every nominee, and I would cross reference them. And so, I had these two two big metal, you know, the little metal can, little metal boxes that used to keep three by five index cards in. Yeah. Back in the olden days, like the recipe cards, they were like in a recipe box, and they were all cross referenced. It was it was. And it was a big project, and so I could keep track of all of the new nominees that weren't in the book that I had. Because there was like only one Oscar book ever written back then, and I and it was Amy like, Bonas, of, right? No, it was another one. I have, I still have it. In fact, I still have it. It was like it's like twenty five years old. I, I will say that is one of the things that got me into the Oscars was reading that uh, Damien Bona book and yeah. seeing, you know, he would list things that probably weren't in the conversation, but they were movies that I knew they were not, you know, they, you know, when I was young, I didn't know much about the Godfather part two or, you know, the Godfather when I was really young, but I knew Halloween and I remembered vividly reading somewhere, you know, that was one of the films that was buzzed about that year because it was such an enormous success in terms of box office. I mean, it really sort of, the slasher genre was what it was then. So they talked about it as being in the conversation in 1970. Now, whether or not I truly believe that was ever in danger of being nominated for an Oscar is highly doubtful, but that was some of the, that was one of the things when, you know, when you're like a seven, eight year old kid, you're like, Oh, Oh, so they actually do like movies that I do. You know, that was, I was really happy to have gotten to know him before he died. Um, We were pretty good friends. That's great. That's fantastic. This book that I had, it really, I think one of the last years that it had was The Godfather. That's how old this book was. And so I had a lot of catching up to do with with my index cards and everything. And, you know, a, a lot of the readers that we've known on the site for the past 15 or 20 years we 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 they started following the site when they were teenagers and 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 kids too. Our fa- our friend Phantom, you know, he used to send us those elaborate, beautiful charts and yeah. all those pastel colors, and we would post those on the site because they were just so gorgeous. And he still does them every year. He's so and sweetheart, it, tw- Phantom. Yeah, I love yeah, him so much. He's, really he's, nice he's one of my best friends. Yeah. yeah, he is really great. I like him a lot. Well, first of all, thank you for listening to our podcast, our very excellent top number one greatest podcast ever of all time. And there is no competition (laughs) for that. And uh, we will be getting together. We we are threatening to get together around the 20th, all of us at Awards Daily on a Zoom chat for all of you, which would be kind of fun. Um, We'll let you know more details about that later. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> no, change that. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay.